Could the Arizona Cardinals really move on from, from Kyler Murray after the 2023 season? You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Bleacher Report put out a couple articles that I need to discuss. Um, one of which is surrounding the Arizona Cardinals defense and their ranking as it pertains to the rest of the NFL. I'll discuss that in the second segment or the third segment. And, you know, the the first, I mean, I, I, here's the thing, is I wasn't going to talk about this this offseason. I wasn't because I think it's a fool's errand. But when others write about it, and this isn't a knock on the actual writer himself, this is a topic that, especially for national media, it's going to be something that needs to be monitored throughout the season, is will the Cardinals move on from Kyler Murray? And, and, and the... The the title by Christopher Knox from Bleacher Reports article is Kirk Cousins, comma, top quarterbacks most likely to change teams after the 2023 season. So it made me think, hmm, let's execute an exercise on what it could look like if Kyler Murray was not an Arizona Cardinal in 2024 and if he was an Arizona Cardinal in 2024. Let's take the latter first. Okay, please uh, go like, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Trying to get to 3K by the start of the 2023 season. So with Kyler Murray and with him rehabbing from his injury, with the new head coach, new coaching staff, new GM, a new regime who didn't draft Kyler Murray, it's going to be interesting to see what he needs to do in 2023 to remain an Arizona Cardinal in 2024, if they see that as being the best route for the organization moving forward. So if Kyler Murray is the quarterback in 2024, which I very well think he would be, it will be. Let me just put that out there. Okay, this is an exercise to just open up both sides of this conversation to kind of discuss what would have had to have happened in 2023 for Kyler Murray to be retained and for them to try and move off from Kyler Murray. And what it would look like with both of those outcomes. So first, if they retain Kyler Murray for 2024, it could mean a couple of things. One, Kyler Murray comes back in week six and they win a bunch of games. I mean, that's that's definitely something that would need to happen in an effort for them to have a no doubt about it. Surefire Kyler Murray is the future of this team. And also, even if he comes back in week eight, or week nine, he just looks like a star. And we've seen that. And I've gone on the record hundreds of times on this podcast at this point saying, Kyler Murray won despite of Cliff Kingsbury and not because of him. So we're finally going to find out, you'd think, what Kyler Murray's like with a different offense and offense catered more towards him and with all of the wide receivers. Like, I know that DeAndre Hopkins isn't here, but there's plenty of talent in the wide receiver room. If Rondo Moore stays healthy, if Michael Wilson can make an impact, 
when Kyler Murray comes back, so he'll have a few games under his belt as an NFL wide receiver before that. And, you know, if Greg Dorch can, can level up and like they've got weapons, okay, even without DeAndre Hopkins. Zach Ertz coming off his injury, Trey McBride showed flashes last year, especially uh, towards the end with David Blau. And James Conner's there. Like, they've got guys. So if they win a couple games, even though it looks like, well, you don't want to win games because then you got to find out who Kyler Murray is. You got to find out. So if he comes back and they're two and seven, you got to play him. If they come, if, if he comes back and they're 0 and nine, you got to play him. You got to plan. You got to find out. And I'm going to go back to my biggest fear for everydayers who know this. I, I still reference this because it's, it's necessary. But my biggest fear going into the 2022 season last year was that DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown would not play meaningful snaps together. Hollywood Brown balls out in the first six weeks. DeAndre Hopkins comes back off of suspension. Hollywood Brown gets hurt in week six on one of the last plays of the game that was already decided. And then that was it. You never saw them on the field during meaningful games and meaningful snaps with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL with abridged, which abridged the 2022 season for the Cardinals pertaining to relevancy and competitive and competitiveness. As it is directly correlated to playoffs and, and winning. Obviously other players are always competitive, but that's what we saw. So now we're looking at the 2023 season, kind of the same. It's kind of the same situation where Kyler Murray is not going to play a full season. He may only play five or seven games. We have no idea. Anybody that says they know, they don't. It's a it's it's rehab. He's busting his ass to get back out there. But this is an ACL tear. He tore it in December. Normally that's nine months, 10 months, 12 months. I mean, I think... Adrian Peterson came back in six or seven months. This could be a 10 to 12 months in, injury. So if we're looking at November, eight weeks are already gone. So you're starting to see like what, what I said was uh, with DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown was, it's like two cars just driving past each other, like waving. And they're never in the actual same parking lot. And we could see that with Kyler Murray and his future with a new regime who doesn't have any ties to him, even though Jonathan Gannon said he came here for one of the reasons, one of his best quotes, which is true. Teams that are rebuilding don't normally have a franchise quarterback. And a lot would be different if, so say Kyler Murray had a different injury and he missed the remainder of the 2022 season. So we'd still be in this spot. If he started in week one, DeAndre Hopkins would probably be back. Like uh, has a lot better chance to be back. And then everything would be different. How they drafted would be different. All of these things, because they're more or less punting. Free agency would have been different. They're more or less punting on the 2023 season to position themselves for an even stronger, you know, reintroduction to the NFL in 2024, hopefully with an Arizona Cardinals organization that's that in name only. This is rock bottom. It wouldn't need to be necessarily if Kyler Murray was back. So when you're looking at what needs to happen in 2024 for 2023 for Kyler Murray to be the quarterback in 2024, he's got to play well. He's got to play enough games. And even then, if they win four games or five games and he starts all of them, is that still enough for a front office and coaching staff who have zero ties to him up until this point? Looking at Drake May, Caleb Williams, 
and just a bevy of top tier talent going in the top 10 next year. You keep Kyler Murray, you have two of the top five picks. You could be getting five first round picks, a bunch of seconds, players, whatever it is, and really build out this roster with your starting quarterback and Kyler Murray. Or you just say, next dealer's coming in, draft a quarterback, go that way. I gave you one. Now the other, that's where it gets a little murky. It gets a little, I don't know. I don't even want to tempt this because I do think Kyler Murray is the quarterback for the future. I just do. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Sure. Losing record through four seasons. Absolutely. Injuries. Last couple of years. I still think until otherwise, and I, and I'm able to say this because I've got the ability to now because we haven't seen the other side. I think it was roster building. It was coaching that's kept the Cardinals where they are now and not allowed Kyler Murray to be the full Kyler Murray and reach his absolute, you know, pro bowl potential throughout the entirety of the season and not just in spurts. What happens, what needs to happen for Kyler Murray not to be the Arizona Cardinals quarterback in 2024? I'll hit that next as we roll on here, Locked on Cardinals. Your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. I mean, baseball's fun to do same-game parlays in. Hits, strikeouts, runs, home runs, etc. FanDuel, like baseball, if you, if you like to bet on sports, baseball has a metric for everything. So many different stats, so many different ways you can do same game parlays. One bet, you gear it up in one game, you do seven, eight, nine things, and then you can get a huge payout. FanDuel's got you covered there. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel.com today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Um, please go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Free wherever you get your podcast and on the aforementioned YouTube. What happens if Kyler Murray is not the quarterback to start 2024? What would have had what would had to have happened, nailed it, in 2023 to make that the case? This is where it gets a little murkier, as I mentioned before the break. This is where it gets a little weirder because this is up for this is the up for interpretation portion of the podcast. This is the I don't really know, but let's kind of build some sort of parameters. I mean, really? Really. If Kyler Murray comes back in week eight and they're one in six. And he wins three games out of the last eight enough to move on from? Sure. Like, again, I still think Kyler Murray should be the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals moving forward. Let's just, I just need to, you know, reset that. 
But if he comes back in week eight and they win a couple games, remember the defensive roster is not great. I'll talk about that in the last segment. Like this isn't a roster that's built to win right now. So is that on Kyler Murray? Are there metrics to show that he's progressing even if the team loses games? Like ideally, in my opinion, the Cardinals lose a bunch of games. They bring Kyler Murray back. They have two of the top three picks and they just set up for the future. Very rarely is a team in position that the Cardinals are in where, say even Houston wins five or seven games. Who knows? The Jets won seven games last year with Mike White and Joe Flacco. Okay, so crazy things happen, especially in the AFC South where it's not the best division. But say the Cardinals have, you know, two of the top six picks. That is something that could absolutely transform a franchise. But if they don't think Kyler Murray's the guy, it could transform a franchise by drafting your franchise quarterback for the future and getting a couple first-round picks for Kyler Murray. So what needs to happen for Kyler Murray not to be the quarterback in 2024? Up for interpretation in the sense, what if he only plays five games? What if he plays five games? And they go one and four. Say they go three and two. At that point, are they so resigned to their fate that they're going to move on from him and get his get his number off the books and start clean that it doesn't matter how he plays? I would lend to think yes. If he doesn't play eight or more games next year, it's the DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown situation all over again. What could have been? Or they've seen enough in practice and then in the games that he does play, that's like, okay, he's our guy. Giddy up. Let's roll. But I just, I see the former as being the case. This has been a tale as old as time. Not the guy that this new regime drafted, heavy price tag, a chance to start completely fresh with a brand, you know, you know a, a drafted quarterback under team control for another four years and see if you can get that win, that Super Bowl window that everybody wants with a, a quarterback on a rookie scale deal. It looks more appetizing if the Cardinals only win three or four games next year, regardless of how Kyler Murray plays. And again, I'm taking the other side here. I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is a way that people could think to be able to validate not bringing Kyler Murray back. And the other way, which would be the easier way, is he plays nine games and plays terribly. That would be obviously the easiest band-aid rev up. Okay, you're not the guy. So so let's, let's look at it this way. Because when it comes down to it, not only are they going to be looking to see if Kyler Murray is the guy for the future, but if he's not, right when they figure out that he's not, pull. Because at that point, you don't want to be winning football games. You want to be competitive, but you don't want to put the best roster out there in an effort to win games because you want to sure up that number one or number two overall pick. That's the next thing on the, you know, on the whatever, whiteboard, grease board, whatever it is, chalkboard, whatever it may be. Figure out if Kyler Murray's the guy, get good draft position if he's not. Because if Kyler Murray comes back and he balls out, they're not going to get the first pick. They make it the second, the fourth, the fifth, something like that. Kyler Murray, people just forget because he hasn't played. Kyler Murray is a special player. Does he have work to do? For sure. Is he a finished product? No. Why are we talking about this in year five? Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry. It just is. Kyler Murray hasn't been perfect by any stretch. He could have been better in his first four years. He's had zero help. So maybe with help coming into week eight, even though it's a first-year head coach and defensive-minded guy, uh, Drew Petzig was the quarterback coach, I believe, in uh, in um, Cleveland. Like, what if 
Drew Petzing has been waiting for a guy like Kyler Murray to coach. And now he has control over the entire offense, not under Kevin Stefanski's thumb. But if all of that doesn't happen and Kyler Murray doesn't play well, maybe he's rusty for when he's going to be. First couple games back, they lose embarrassingly. And then maybe they win one game and he doesn't play that well. Easy. Band-Aid ripped off. Sorry, Kyler. Thing. But once they find out, it's Clayton Toon time, baby. Do not play Kyler Murray for the rest of the year. Play Clayton Toon because then again, at that point, if you know it's not the guy, and would so many things need to happen for all for either one of these paths to go down, and unfortunately, it's probably going to be somewhere right in the middle. It's not going to be as cut and dry as, always played well, retain him, or always played like crap, don't. Once you know, you pull. Because not only are you trying to get younger players involved in their rookie season, you're also trying to save a trade asset from getting injured again. Now, again, I don't think this is going to happen. I think he's going to be the quarterback in 2024. I think this is a fool's errand to even discuss this, but it was written about it and it will continue to be talked about this offseason and into the regular season. So I needed to discuss it today. Lockdown Cardinals, your team every day. The Cardinals defense is ranked towards the bottom. Shocked? No. Talk about it. Yeah, next. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Alex Clancy. Thanks for hanging out. When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, there is going to be some, some similar storylines that we're going to be discussing as the sun comes down through the sunroof at my mom and stepdad's place that's making the viewing audience cringy at this point. Apologies for that as my forehead is shining in the, in the sunlight. Anyways, for people who are listening, uh, just disregard that. The Arizona Cardinals, again, by Bleacher Report, and it's going to be by everybody else, (laughs) are ranked the third worst defense in the NFL. Uh, David Kenyon wrote this article a couple days ago. And just look at this. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is, you know, first of all, Bleacher Report's a great place to look for for Cardinals content. Just because from a national media perspective, it's – the Cardinals are an afterthought. I've had a lot of, you know, nat- like, you know, Mina Kimes, and I've had um, Mike Golick Jr. And, and, and other people on who'd like, I'm like, when Ari Mayroff had a great quote. It's like, when you, I ask him, what do you think about the Arizona Cardinals? Sometimes just like, we don't. You know, and that's something that, again, hitting rock bottom, this is going to give the Cardinals the best opportunity to build a winning organization, starting fresh the way they're doing it. And with that, letting all of their defensive players walk was just part of it. J.J. Watt had 12 and a half sacks last year. That's wild, okay? Zach Allen had five and a half sacks. Marcus Golden only had two and a half, but that's simple math, 20 and a half sacks out the door. Not to mention by Murphy gone and, you know, with what he got from Minnesota, which was very underwhelming contract-wise. It just made it seem, you know, that they didn't want to pay him what he wanted. He obviously has come out now and said that, you know, he didn't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. He's happy to not be with the Cardinals. Easy to say w- w- once you once you leave the team that drafted you, they didn't want to give you contract extension. And then jo- uh, Zach Allen got Buku Walmart money from Denver. So the Cardinals were never going to pay that. But it's, it, it's a hard reset. So the Cardinals now, and who knows what's going to happen with Buda Baker. So the Cardinals now are led by Zabin Collins. That's it. 
He's the leader of the defense now. And that's great. Third year, this is the year that he's supposed to pop. This is the year that Isaiah Simmons was supposed to pop last year. Maybe with Nick Rallis, a guy who has focused on linebackers over the last couple of years and now as a DC will be able to get the most out of Zayvon Collins, who it looks like they might move to edge. Isaiah Simmons is now with the secondary. So who knows? But with BJ Ojolari coming in, with Garrett Williams coming in, corner out of, out of Syracuse, hopefully he'll be ready for week one. We're going to be looking at the future of this team on the defense, hopefully, if everything works out. Because you have, I mean, Zayvon Collins is a veteran as of now. You know, they, they brought in Kazir White to play off ball. And like, you know, at least he knows Nick Rallis and Jonathan Gannon's schemes, even though the scheme changes you know, depending on the offense that they play against. But all in all, the Cardinals defense is going to be ranked poorly all the way through the offseason. And you know what? That's great. There is zero pressure for this for this defense to come out and, you know, hold opposing offenses to 17 points a game for the Cardinals to win. This is the feeling out stage. This is the fun stuff. This is where you get to watch young players grow up in a zero pressure atmosphere, not because, well, just because they weren't drafted to be impact players right away, or the roster wasn't built that way. Like Marco Wilson getting drafted in the fourth round a couple of years ago. Here you go, bud. Starting week one. Go ahead. Go get him. It's not fair. It's not fair. And Steve Kime just wasn't able to build rosters properly. So when it looks like this, Yes, they're out there to go make an impact right away, B.J. Ojolar and Garrett Williams specifically, but there is no pressure on them to hold teams to under 20 points. This team, this defense isn't going to be great right away. Maybe it will. And with, you know, the, the measurables of B.J. Ojolar and Garrett Williams specifically, this could be the building blocks of a CB1 and an do-everything-on-defense guy for the future for the next five, seven, eight years. And they're going to get plenty of time, plenty of run. There's going to be mistakes. The game is going to be fast for them early on. But with the defense specifically, this is going to be so fun to watch these young men grow. It's going to be moral victories. It's going to be culture shift. It's going to be foundation strengthening. I say those buzzwords over and over and over again, and I'm not going to stop because that's what is most important in 2023, not win-loss. There's no way that the win-loss record will reflect directly on how much these young men grow. And that's what our eyes will see because those things are immeasurable outside of sack numbers, you know, tackle for loss, pressures, interceptions, whatever it is. Watching them grow throughout the year is going to be so much fun and see the game slow down for them. And you'll be watching, guys, playing with the Cardinals, hopefully for five, seven, eight years, as you see this culture and infrastructure shift out of dysfunctionality into a functional, well-run, hopefully winning organization for years to come. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. I will talk to you tomorrow.